What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast, a selection show Sunday edition. And the dogs are in. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, you know, for weeks we've been kind of on the edge of our seat. It took a lot to happen yesterday in our favor to really be comfortable late last night when everyone else was posting their predictions. And that kind of gave us the gist right there that we we were pretty confident we were going to get in. And that we did. We'll talk about our early matchup. We'll get our early just uh, – you know, thoughts on it, the matchup and the bracket itself. And we're thinking we will preview Nichols on Wednesday of this week. What's going on? Yeah, obviously uh, tracking a lot of, a lot of games yesterday um, to see where, whether, what our odds would be going in today. And we liked what we saw um, at the end of the day and all the other media people we follow and trust um, thought just like us. So, and we figured whether when the bidding opened, we could potentially host a game, and that's what it ends up being. So, um, obviously, finished the season strong with a big win yesterday over the Sycamores, and um, they get rewarded for it. Yeah, and we should have believed Nick Hill all along, I guess. You know, again, when things are overly confident, there's always a little bit of skittish, but it always seems to – Perhaps work out in the end. Again, it took a lot of other things to happen, uh, which we'll dive into those other games. And like I said, thoughts on everything of what happened today near the end. But, Noah, quickly, let's go through just the game yesterday. There's not a whole lot, you know, to take from it. Just because if we were to recap it, I think it's appropriate to do it at the beginning. Uh, we were down early. Uh, we elected the second half. They scored three points after that, but, Noah, then we didn't look back. And we did most of our scoring here at the start of the game, thanks to a lot of big plays by a lot of people, Isaiah made one of the best catches I've seen. But, no, that came off of a great special teams play by Cade Stevenson and everybody else involved. We know, well, first off, we weren't able to make this game 2 o'clock. We worked, we worked late, and even getting off around 130 to 2, weren't going to make a halftime thing, especially with the way this game was headed. And I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. No, we know that Zach Barola still did not play in this game. I don't think Colin Bohannick played in this game either. But we know that the offensive linemen of Chase Evans and Derek Harden did not as well. We know they got banged up in the last game. That's things we knew about pregame. Of course, the team posts the pictures of offense and defense and don't leave out everybody they should typically. Um, so that's the start. But again, Noah, we Isaiah made one of the best, you know, Sideline end zone catches, one-handed, I've seen, along with, again, that special teams play. We did most of our – like I said, we did most of our scoring in the first half, kind of just, you know, easily went through the second half to that point. But what you like uh, – I guess I could just give it to you, your overall thoughts on this game and that early scoring that led to this win, and we can just quickly dive into a box score. Yeah, obviously you needed to make a statement and – um, be really good and take advantage of a struggling team. And obviously we know our defense would hold them to whatever we needed to do and expected it to be. I think it, I think it started out as a 24-point spread when it opened up. So um, we were right on that again. So um, really got to see – you mentioned Isaiah was big. Nick taking some chances or – taking advantage of some free plays. They were getting a jump, and he was just making shots downfield. So um, just really took care of business, really got to see the run game going. 
and the defense just swarming again. But besides that first drive where they went 15 plays, 55 yards in eight minutes, and you're like, uh-oh, it's going to be a long day. But defense made adjustments, held them to a field goal, and really, I mean, they didn't score. Defense didn't allow any points after that first drive. Yeah, we know the defense, even if they do show those kind of tears at the start of games, they definitely settle down. And, yes, you're right. At that moment, we were like, okay, well, they at least they didn't score a touchdown, which there was a stat, of course. Three times this season we have not allowed an offensive touchdown. That, of course, became or is because we played the three worst teams, three of the worst teams in the whole FCS, let alone our conference. Uh, so, of course, that stat, I feel like at the end of the day, is meaningless, even though it is big and you are in this conference, regardless, even though one of these teams are out of here already and one is brand new. So it's not really much to take from it. But they did it nonetheless, and they did settle down, no doubt. We'll get to the defense in a second. You said the offense, though, so yeah, on you know free play opportunities. And just it, we scored the, the play right after Kate Stevenson. A ball, Thomas Burks had a short kick, bounced up in the air. Maybe the sun was in the returner's eyes. It was poor on his part. Kate took it. And obviously, it maybe got touched at that moment, and then he tried to run it in to uh, for a touchdown, but they brought it back, and then they scored on that one. So Isaiah had eight for one twenty-five and two touchdowns in this game. Great game from him. Deontay had a nice one as well. Aiden had one for thirty-eight. Everyone else filled out as they did. Nick was twenty-two of twenty-seven, two eighty-two, three touchdowns. Did have a pick. It was batted in the red zone, and one of their guys fell on it. He did get sacked five times, though. We know they had a couple guys. They had a lot of sacks on the year. Um, but even Nick Hill acknowledged after the game that Nick, you know, still holds on to the ball too long and throw it away. They were saying that on the radio as well. Pat Poor did a great job on the sidelines and the broadcast yesterday. But other than that, I mean, again, defense with no Barola and no uh, Colin Bohannick. Uh, PJ Lettuce with 12 tackles had a pass breakup, and there was a lot of other things going on that we really didn't. Let's see here. We did have a couple of sacks. Desmond had a corner blitz. Uh, Varga got him, and then Dune had one as well. So, overall, again, the defense had a lot of takeaways, a lot of sacks. It was really a defensive game in the second half, like we expected. So, again, we expected a game like this. We were awful on third down, though, again, as we've prone to be. Again, I want to say if I had it here, we were like 3 of 11, I want to say, or something like that, which obviously continues to be a problem, even heading into the playoffs uh, but we got the job done as expected. You wanted to beat them by as much as you possibly could to then, uh, you know, give yourself a chance on Selection Sunday like today. So, of course, the team was on the edge of their seat. They posted a video after the fact of them, um, you know, waiting in the in the uh, one of the rooms there to get the news of it. But, no, before that, before today went down, what else happened around the league that um, – Obviously, transpired the notable games we were texting about all day after we got off work through the latter part of the day just to know who had to lose and who had to help our cause. But no, at, at the end of the day, it might have been – we would have been good regardless, but there definitely were some that helped us. What were they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot kind of went our way. I mean, if I think a couple games go the opposite way, we're, not, we're sitting here and um, talking about the game yesterday and – Looking forward to a recap of the season pod probably later in the week. But um, things went our way, and we got to see uh, just some bubble, just bubble tracker. Holy Cross ended up on the bubble. They won. They won. They beat Georgetown. Um, some other games. Eastern Illinois got their eighth win of the season. Still got left out of the playoffs. They were. They were. 
I believe eight and one against FCS opponents. They got left out because they play in a bad conference. Um, VMI knocked off Western Carolina. That was a big one for our bubble hopes. Um, a game that mattered for seeding wise, Wofford upset Furman, um, 19-13. That was a big one. Uh, just a team we'd follow. SEMO lost again. They in their season four and seven. Um, just crazy how their season up, ended up. Gardner-Webb won 34-10 over Charleston Southern. They win the automatic bid um, for the for their OVC Big South Conference. Uh, Villanova beat Delaware to win their conference. Um, some other games that mattered. Uh, Samford upset UT Martin. That left UT Martin out of the playoffs. Towson with a last uh, with a last second touchdown in the final minute minute of the game to upset Rhode Island. That was a big one. Um, Richmond beating William and Mary eliminated them 27-26. Uh, Austin P beat Central Arkansas to win their conference, get the automatic bid. Montana destroyed Montana State, so they get the the two seed in the bracket. Then around the conference, we were watching all day long. Youngstown, we knew figured they'd beat Murray, but we were hoping Murray State could um, get the big upset. But the Penguins win and they get in. The one we thought where would probably lock us in if it happened. Uh, Illinois State upset in North Dakota, but North Dakota with uh, also a, a last minute touchdown to take the lead twenty after Illinois State took the lead with like three minutes ago twenty two twenty one. So the Fighting Hawks get in. Uh, South Dakota destroyed Western Illinois for their last trip to Macomb, and Western Illinois leaves this conference winless from their final season. South Dakota State, um, 35-17 over Missouri State. So Missouri State got to score a little bit against the Jackrabbits, but um, they take care of business against uh, Kurnowski with the passing passing for a career high, 323 yards and two touchdowns. Then the big one that really helped us get in, North Dakota State, goes on the road and takes care of business against you and I. All these games were nuts. Some of these notable ones we were talking because, yeah, UT Martin did get left out because they lost to a Sanford team who's, you know, six and five. So that was it. We were talking about how, you know, UT Martin, what you know, their FCS record and all that stuff. And you can only really help what you, you know, what conference you're in, what games you play to an extent. So that's why you have to win as many games as you possibly can. But that loss on the road killed them. Just the ones I'm looking at here, but the the crazy ones that went down to the wire was the Austin P Central Arkansas game. That it was really back and forth. Austin P made some plays. You know, they it would seem like they would barge downfield and then it would halt and they gave the ball back or something. Central Arkansas had chances in that game, so yeah, it's only a two point win for Austin P to seal the deal in that conference and get them that that seed and then. Yeah, Illinois State, North Dakota, of course, you know, yes, yeah, so that would have helped us even more, no doubt, if Illinois State won that game. They had the chance, you said, they let up the late touchdown. Then on their Illinois State's final drive, uh, Rittenhouse had options to run, to extend drives, and get to at least midfield, get around field goal range. And, of course, he didn't do it. Either took a sack, threw it away, or did something, just didn't do it. So, you know, the fact that that game ended the way it did, um, and then – you said Montana, just kill Montana State. I mean, you expect those games to get close. Montana, their coach and one of their players, one of their coach said it was an ass kicking after the game. So that just shows that rivalry. And he wasn't wrong. I guess a lot of people were talking about him saying that, but they did what they were supposed to to seal up that two seed, as you said. And then 
a lot of these other games, yeah, we needed we needed Sacramento State to win to help us a little bit. UC Davis, you know, they're on the outside looking in. At, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't matter. Uh, you know, so g- games like that, we were really eyeing the whole time, but none bigger yes than you and I, because if they would have beat North Dakota State, no doubt about it, they would have got in. Even though we didn't end it up in one of the last four in, yes, Youngstown was officially the last one in. Eastern Illinois got left out. Uh, teams like that, teams we would love to see in the field. Um, but, oh, by the way, that William & Mary Richmond game, which, yes, we were eyeing Richmond. They did get in, and William & Mary had a ch- – they went for two. They were just trying to tie it. They didn't want to go to overtime, I guess. Tried to go for two, nothing to lose, and they just failed miserably. The quarterback rushed back like 25 yards, didn't make a play. So a lot of craziness definitely happened yesterday to lead to the day that it was. Um, so, again, a lot of chaos lead to where we were. Like I said, Youngstown, the official last team in some other teams. But, you know, the initial thoughts on this bracket, I guess, right into it. Before we just, you know, give a taste of Nichols in our matchup before we talk about them on Wednesday or sometime in the coming days, we'd like to preview them. Late in the week, it'd be a little bit more difficult. But I guess I know you're – because you did the bracketologies. You had these teams – you know, the bubble teams and so on and so forth. Who surprised you? Because we were streaming FCS Fans Nation during as well. There were a lot of surprise. I guess there might be only one surprise. You can dive into that, but your initial thoughts on the whole bracket, where the seeds were, and some of your favorite matchups that's not ours in this. Yeah, obviously, uh, we thought the way the bubble, a lot of bubbles got bursted yesterday throughout the day, um, and all those games we just talked about, it was, I mean, in the last couple of years, um, I think it was maybe Craig Haley. I can't remember which media guy we follow said it, but in the last couple of years, it felt like, and we we went through it too that, um, that they they let the they didn't let the last Saturday of the year, um, determine some of the some of the teams that got in. Um, they just early they just went off the the season as a whole, um. And just had it pretty much almost predetermined before the the last Saturday and let the games play out. But this year, I mean, they had to wait because there are a lot of teams. I mean, NC Central, who there's no automatic bid in their league that they get they don't get invited because they lost a game to uh, forget. I think Howard earlier this season, so Howard gets the celebration bowl, so NC Central gets in as an at large, and and Chattanooga obviously. They played Alabama yesterday, and they're kind of a surprise team, but a team that UC Davis, who we were watching that Sac State game closely, they beat Sac State straight up, but I guess Sac State, like us, has an FBS win, so that's a major resume builder. And I guess that's probably, I mean, for me, I I was talking with people, head-to-head would be a clear thing for me, but – I guess it doesn't matter in the committee eyes that much because UC Davis beat them, and I thought it was going to come down maybe us and Youngstown, but some other teams lost, so it helped us out, and the Valley got some teams in. But obviously, looking looking around, I mean, seeing that if you if you have a bracket that the the three seed South Dakota, the six seed Montana State, but those two first round matchups. Obviously, Drake will get killed by North Dakota State, but then you get NDSU, who's out for blood probably should be seeded in my opinion. Um, they get to travel to Montana State then. They're not used to playing on the road in the playoffs. I think it said um, they haven't played a – besides the championship game, I, don't, I think they said this might be their 
first time they had to go on the road in 10 years or something in the playoffs, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah. Then uh, Sac State, North Dakota, right there, South Dakota's got to be shaking their head because that's a tough draw, whoever they get out of that game. So that 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 little pod right there is just a crazy some matchups. Then you the battle of the state of Tennessee, Austin P, Chattanooga, that'll be a good one. Winner gets Furman, who has a loaded offense. Um, I think whoever comes out of Lafayette, Delaware, um, gets killed by my that's a travel all the way out to Montana. That's a crazy one. But obviously there's some good good games. I like Youngstown's opportunity. Um, getting Duquesne, then getting Villanova. I like that. I mean, getting a home game against Duquesne, then obviously Gardner Red Mercer gets the travel up to Brookings, whoever wins that one. So um like I said, not a lot of surprises. There are a couple I'd I'd like to hear the committee and why they left out certain teams and they didn't use head to head as a determined role, but I guess overall, uh leaving UC Davis and obviously the two UT Martin and Eastern Illinois and their lowly conference does not get rewarded for playing in a bad conference, but with a lot of wins. Exactly. That's kind of what it boiled down to. And these decisions for sure aren't easy. There's so many things to take into account. Margin of victory, margin of loss, strength of schedule, and who you beat. And that that is what matters most. You mentioned how, um, you know, even – I'm trying to think what you said about the uh, – you know, even – well, we had PTSD from Youngstown that if they were, you know, beating us 31 to three, we know they're a good team. So you mentioned the draw that they have. Um, but the fact that, you know, some of these teams, as you mentioned about the, uh, you know, their conferences or where they're coming from and how they got the, you know, the draw over some others. Again, it's, it's a really hard job for the committee to do that. And we were, we tuned off it because our football teams are both playing at noon, our NFL teams. And I don't want to get started with that, but that pushed it off to where we do. We're doing this at the time that we are. So we tuned off it and the committee I'm sure did go on the broadcast there to talk about it. So it would be interesting to see that. Um, yet people, everyone was surprised at Chattanooga. They, they were clearly on the bubble for a while and everyone was saying how even a loss clearly to Alabama wouldn't hurt their cause. It's almost like it was their reward. You got smoked by Alabama, your reward is to kind of be a apparent surprise team to make it, uh, which that is a battle. And that's a good game. We know Austin Peay's emerged to be a great team. Austin P in a Furman game would be incredible. I love some of these matchups, as you said, most of them. Um, it seems, I mean, South Dakota earned the three seed, and we just know how much we wanted to beat them and how even some games they didn't show what they were made of and if we would have got that draw which we know we always got Missouri Valley teams and the second round potentially even the first round as we known in years past that we would have liked that road because they seem like the most fugazi kind of of all these of potential even though you know there's so many of these seeds are capable and obviously really really good Montana State everyone was surprised that they were a six yes they probably should have phased out of a seed you said North Dakota State I do think, and they'll get the they'll get the proof. They'll get to say they'll get to go to Montana State if they win on the road against Drake. You're right. They not doesn't surprise me one bit that they barely or not at all played on the road in the playoffs in a very very long time. Um, if they could do it twice, because they should have probably took Montana State spots, whether it's at the six or just one in general. I like their. I think they're going to go on a run for sure. They dominated yesterday, um, but I mean North Dakota does get that set that second round potential. Whatever, but even North Dakota showed some signs of eh. So far, as we talked about, if they would have lost to Illinois State, they might not have been in. Sacramento State, 
you know, they lost as well, yes, as we've said, but that that's an awesome game. Expect Sacramento State to go on the road, though. Um, and then some of these others, as you said, uh, even Gardner, when people say Gardner-Webb, they should beat whoever they would play in the first, which ended up being Mercer, and they'd go fight South Dakota State because they're actually a decent team. But it's the teams like Lafayette and, um, you know, Duquesne that I haven't seen much or we haven't talked about much over the course of this season will be interesting. We'll see what the Valley teams do, which, yes, there were six Valley teams that made it in. That is tied for the most all-time amongst bids in the league, tied 2021, who had six. We were, of course, a part of that as well. So, um a really good day for the Valley, as we know. And, you know, if we were to, you know, maybe even on the preview for us, we'll have, like, I think we did it two years ago when we talked about it. We might have did it yet last year when we didn't make it. Was predict the games and see who we have going all the way to the title. That's just a fun thing we can do, and I think we should. So we'll do that on the next episode. Uh, but a lot of good games starting up next weekend. But, no, if we were to just touch on Nichols here real fast – we got lucky because at first it was a one o'clock game. It pushed to two o'clock for our sake for work, which is amazing. We said earlier, it's almost heaven sent in that regard, but getting, getting a home game at first, the Suzuki stadium is massive. Like I said, we'll dive in more, but Noah, your, your first initial thoughts on this, how great it is to have a home game and even some things you might know as it stands now about the kernels of Nichols. Uh, I love it because, you know, it's new teams, you know, I, Again, getting in no matter what, I would have loved, you know, at the point of where our season was, you can be specific and, you know, pick where, you know, how comfortable you'd like to get in if you would have been a confident team in. But because we were on the edge of our seats, I'd play anybody. But it's not a conference team. And it's two teams, if we win and move on, just in general, of new teams. That's what I like most. But, know your initial thoughts on this and anything uh, small that you know right now about Nichols and the matchup when they come to Carbondale. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a team where they had up and down season, really, and they fought to the end to win that Southland Conference. Um, this is a team that lost to SEMO. So, um, I mean, obviously, look at the SEMO, t- that tape, and see what they did because, obviously, then they went on the road late in the season when Incarnate Ro- Word was number four in the country. And they knocked them off um, to really get that Southland Conference. Uh, but they got really two, two really good running backs that have ran for um, – both 800 yards on the year. Uh, one's there really a quarterback, really, but uh, that's passed a little bit. But Pat McQuaid ran a little bit. But uh, Colin Guggenheim and Jalen Spears, really two, two-headed two horse back there. So Pat McQuaid, their quarterback, thrown 10 interceptions, 13 touchdowns. So um, just a really interesting team that have fallen followed through the season. I mean, losing the Sac State to start the year, then they played two FBS games to get them ready for conference play. And then they win six out of seven games and their only loss is the SEMO. So they go undefeated in the conference. But um very interesting team. Can't wait to pre preview them this later this week. Yeah, they put up a lot of points as we've seen yet yeah, they they beat in Carnival on the road. You mentioned the SEMO loss, which is interesting. Yes. Definitely go back and watch that tape uh for the six and four nickels on the season. We like that matchup a lot. And we'll just say that before we talk about them. Yes. But again, it, it feels so great to make the playoffs as we know. And again, you never want to be on the edge of your seat, but getting in is one thing and it helps a, a lot of facets. It helps recruiting. It helps the standing of coaches, even though we know 
how mad we've been this year and how, you know, just saying things of like what we've said, they needed to make the playoffs. We'll just say that in terms of all everything in those other facets. They needed to get in. They did. We'll see how they do in it. Uh, we'll have more on Nick's presser. Obviously, talk tomorrow. We'll have a lot to talk about for our pod. And the next one, quick here, some housekeeping things that um, missed here was Sam Herter and Hero had a regular season attendance leaders uh, around the country. We are 46th on this list, about 50% filled on average, and we average about 7,000 fans, which, as we know, they've it's creeped up to around 10 at times this year. I'd say 7,500 seems appropriate. Clearly, the stats back it up, as we know. Sometimes it doesn't look like how it is, but – uh, so that's how our regular season ends in that. The regular season also ends with Nick Baker tied for Joel Sambersky and, and, and the touchdown record. And if they're basing it off of, if you know, because in multiple sports, they don't count fully postseason along with regular season, like all-time overall stats. So obviously he should have a, um, a chance to break that if it counts to the overall thing, as it probably should. This isn't, you know, other sports or even professional sports to where it wouldn't carry over. But again, we're hoping to be healthy. We'll talk more about him Offer-wise, we did lose Kenton Lofman to North Dakota. Uh, we realized in the moment, sure, it's not that big a deal, just be, but just because he went in conference and we'll see him darting 46 yards on our head in a couple of years, I'm sure, just for that reason alone. And then, Noah, I'll get your final thoughts after you get your thoughts on this. Jerry Kill in New Mexico State killed Auburn 31-10 to yesterday, and they got a monster payout of $1.85 million dollars. No, we know what Jerry Kill can do, and it's incredible what he's done to a lot of different programs that he's been there. He, he has success. We know what he did here as an AD. Your thoughts on that game and him as a whole of what he can do. He has the history showing that he can do these kind of things. Uh, like I said, your thoughts on that and then your overall final thoughts. Yeah, definitely uh, seeing Jerry doing what he does at New Mexico State. Um, really cool. I mean, there's a lot of guys that, are on that staff that were with him at Northern Illinois and probably have probably little connections to here when he was here. So really cool going in to an SEC school as a 25 point underdog. And um, now he's getting to play for a conference USA title. So crazy to see the turnaround with health issues and getting back into coaching. So congrats to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it was going into yesterday. It was looking bleak about having a chance of playoffs and, what this team could do, we know a team like Indiana State um, could give us issues. So, um, but they took care of business like they were supposed to, and they get rewarded for it. Um, hopefully, um, they have a good week of practice because can't wait to preview Nichols on whenever I think probably Wednesday night. Um, so it's going to be a good one. Um, hopefully, you no know, crowds have been down the last couple of weeks. Obviously, with playoffs. Obviously, yesterday Murfreesboro had a a final four matchup with Rochester um, at home. So that hurts the crowd, but hopefully we get a big crowd this weekend. We'll talk more about it that. Then we had a lot of visitors um, not only this weekend, but in the last couple uh, for football. So a lot of guys will cover and obviously how our commits did uh, this past week. Great finish. That's exactly how I was going to end it was we did get a lot of visits and a lot of different things. And we will talk about those on the next one to see if more rack up here at the start of the week. Like we said, we'll talk about Nick's presser, a big presser tomorrow. He'll talk about a lot of different things. Uh, but again, it's it feels so good to be in the playoffs. 
uh, Suki fans are excited, and they should definitely show out next Saturday for that 2 o'clock game. We will talk all about it. One more thing. Yes, one probably more, on Wednesday. Just, Go ahead. One more thing that popped in my head. Should get all conference honors we'll be able to talk about as well. Yeah, you're right. They definitely should come out with that. It's like, yeah, through this week, it's a big week for a lot of content leading up to the playoffs for everybody around the country. So it will be fun to dissect. Looking to get healthy this week, leading into a massive, massive game at Suki Stadium. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, dogs in the playoffs, baby. Go dogs.